Hi, everybody. My name is Charles. Welcome to Blackout Church. Now, this summer, we tried something different. We had two movie nights. The idea is that we invite friends and family to come watch a movie at all the Blackhawk sites on a Friday night, and then on the very next Sunday, we preach a sermon on that movie. Look, the reality is that our culture is not familiar with the story of the Bible, but we are familiar with the story of popular movies. Now, now, now we're not endorsing these movies. What we want to do is to learn how to identify elements of the gospel in these movies so that we can see the story of the Bible in the stories of our culture. In July, we watched the movie Wonder. We had close to a thousand people come out to watch, and then Pastor Matt talked about the movie on the very next Sunday. It was fantastic. If you missed it, watch the movie and then watch his talk. The second movie we watched is Frozen. Now, now Frozen came out in 2013. It was huge. The box office totaled $1.3 billion worldwide. At the time, it was the fifth highest grossing film of all time. But more than the box office. It was a cultural phenomenon. We have a generation of people who have seen the movie, what, at least, what, 50 times and know every song by heart. Uh, so we watched it on Friday and it was so much fun. People dressed up, we had a massive sing-along. It was an incredible experience. So today, let's get into how we see the story of the gospel in the story of Frozen. Now, how do we start thinking about a movie like Frozen? One of the first things to notice is how does the movie start and how does it end? Now, people in the live venue are watching the movie clips, but we cannot show them uh, for copyright reasons. So what we've done is we created these clips where I narrate the action and we have still shots from the movie. I, I know it feels like you're missing out, but you do get compensation. Later on, when we get to the movie, <laughs> the song Let It Go, you get to see our own Hannah Bussey's performance of the song. Okay, this is online only. It's fantastic. People in the live venues do not get to see this. Now, the movie is about two sisters, Elsa and Anna, both princesses, of course, because, you know, they are. This is a Disney movie. Uh, they live in a castle called Arendelle. Elsa is different. She has powers that have something to do with ice and snow. So the movie starts with Elsa using her powers to turn the ballroom into a winter wonderland. They're skating on ice. They're playing with snow and making snowman, but tragedy strikes. Elsa slips and accidentally hits Anna's head with an icy blast. Anna is unconscious, and Elsa cries out in despair. And then we get to the final scene of the movie, and we're now outside, and Elsa turns the castle courtyard into a winter wonderland. Everyone is skating and having a great time. The camera pulls back, and this is how the movie ends. So the movie starts with Elsa and Anna playing together on a sheet of ice that Elsa creates with her powers, and it ends with all the people of Arendelle skating on a sheet of ice that Elsa creates with her powers. These two scenes are clearly parallel. So what's changed between the two scenes? Well, in the first scene, Elsa doesn't have control of her powers. She almost kills her sister. In the second scene, Elsa is in complete control over her powers. This change, this difference, tells us that this movie is about the problem of uncontrolled power and how you solve this problem. And the movie actually tells us this is the core problem of the story. We see this in Grandpa's speech. <laughs> now, Grandpa, uh, that's actually his name. He is the leader of the trolls. So what happens is the king and the queen, they, they take Anna to the trolls to save her. And we get a speech from Grandpa that tells us that Elsa's inability to control her powers makes her a danger for others around her. This is the problem that we need to solve. The troll chief, Grandpa, he diagnoses the problem and heals Anna. 
He changes out Anna's memories so she remembers nothing about Elsa's powers. But he goes on to warn Elsa about the beauty of her powers, but also the danger. She needs to learn control. So, Anna is healed. But the problem remains. The power can do good, but it's dangerous and must be harnessed and must be controlled. This is the conundrum of power. The story of the Bible begins with an exhibition of immense, mind-boggling power under precise control. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates the universe by his words, and everything he makes is good. But then, he does something that sets the entire biblical story into motion. God creates humans and gives them the power to rule the earth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says, God blessed them, humans, and said to them, the humans, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. David says the same thing in Psalm 8. He writes, you have made them, the humans, you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Humans are powerful beings. Our power is given by God, but this power comes with a catch. Human power is meant to be used only in a loving relationship with God. God envisions working with the humans, ruling the world together, passing on his wisdom and his judgment. Human powers can do amazing things, but it's designed to be used only when the person knows God, loves God, and submits to God. Our powers are meant to function within the constraints of a relationship with God. It's power that is under control. Well, things go wrong in Genesis chapter 2. The humans break away from God, which means the power that we have is now without its proper constraints. The power is now dangerous. And this becomes the central problem in the story of the Bible. The power that we can use to create can now destroy. The power that can give life can now kill. The power that can organize and establish order can now sow chaos. The power to create beauty can now engender what is grotesque, what is revolting. The power that is meant to serve and cause others to flourish can now be used to exploit and dominate others. A movie that came out recently is Oppenheimer. The movie is about the Manhattan Project, the creation of the first atomic bomb. Now, the atomic bomb is the perfect example of the conundrum of human power. I mean, it's an amazing thing that we figured out how to literally split the atom. It is a marvel of human ingenuity, creativity, technological know-how, our ability to work together, but to what end? What is the purpose? What is the result? We are powerful beings, but our power is unconstrained, uncontrolled. This is the human problem. So how do we deal with our uncontrolled power? Well, option number one, try really, really hard to control it and hide from everyone. In Frozen, Elsa goes into hiding so that people don't get hurt and they don't freak out. In the song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? We see the two girls grow up. They are separated from each other. Anna is on the outside, lonely, desperate for relationships. 
Elsa is hiding, desperately trying to control her powers, wearing gloves, repeating phrases like, conceal it, don't feel it. She tries to keep it under control, but it's not working. As she grows older, her powers are getting stronger. We have powers, but since we have broken away from God, our powers are controlled by our fears, anxiety, lust, jealousy, ego, pride, the dark impulses that rule over us. These are ugly impulses. The urge to put ourselves first, you know, that twinge of jealousy we feel when we see others do better than us, right? The twinge of joy we, when we feel others, when we see others fail. I used to watch fail compilation videos on YouTube before I go to bed. There's something about watching a series of videos with people messing up that relaxes me and puts me to sleep. Yes, I know, I'm a messed up person. Which is why I think we're all very glad that our thoughts are private because they can be ugly. We don't want to show people our ugliness. If people know what we think in the privacy of our minds, they would be repulsed. So we work really hard to control our dark impulses. We want to show people we're good people, but we can't help ourselves. However much we try, when we get angry or feel threatened, we lash out, we use words or take actions to harm, to tear down. To get something we really want, we lie. We shade the truth. We put ourselves forward at the expense of others. We build societies and organizations that promote the welfare of my people over the others, those on the outside. Our powers are used by the dark impulses that rule over us, and however much we try, we can't control them. And that's what happens to Elsa at her coronation ball. What happens is their parents die in an accident. Of course they do. This is a Disney movie. We have to have orphans. Uh, three years later, it's coronation day, and Elsa is to be crowned queen. And everybody in town and foreign dignitaries are all coming to Arendelle. Elsa seems to be able to keep things under control until Anna, who is starved for relationships, meets Hans of the Southern Isles, falls in love, and decides to accept his marriage proposal. Anna brings Hans to meet Elsa and tells her they're getting married. Elsa says no and walks away, declaring that the ball is over and everybody should leave. Anna gets so frustrated, she yells in front of everyone, asking why Elsa is keeping everybody out. Elsa loses control of her power and shoots out a wall of ice around her. Elsa couldn't hide it anymore because hiding doesn't work. And so we get to the second solution. Stop hiding. Embrace the freedom. This is a big part of our culture. Since the 1960s, the dominant refrain in our culture has been, be yourself. What does that mean? Well, it means throw away the rules. Forget about what everybody else expects. Stop censoring yourself. Embrace your desires. Embrace the inner impulses. If you want it, it's good. If it feels good, you should do it. Be true to yourself. Or as Elsa puts it, let it go. Snow glows white on the mountain tonight Not a footprint to be seen A kingdom of isolation And it looks like I'm the queen The wind is howling like this whirling storm inside Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried 
But I absolutely had to include the whole song because I love the song. It's such a beautifully written song. But what is the song about? Well, verse one, right? It is about the toll it takes to keep things under control. It reads, couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried. Elsa struggles to control her impulses. Just like us, we struggle to control our inner brokenness, to live in a world where we're constantly censoring ourselves because we don't want people to see the ugliness within. Verse two of the song, it's about freedom. Elsa says, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Throw away the, the moral standards of society. No more playing by the rules and worrying about what other people think. Revel in the freedom and the powers that we have. But can we live completely free in society? No. So the next step, get away and create your own space. 
And so Elsa makes an ice castle and declares, I'm never going back. The past is in the past. That's what the song is about. The song is about breaking the constraints of society, reveling in the freedom of our powers and running away. Now, this song is so incredibly popular, it actually becomes a problem. Because the moment people think about Frozen, they think, let it go. Which means the song end up dominating the movie. We think, hey, let it go is what Frozen is about. So let me make this clear, okay? It's not, not at all. Listen carefully. The song is beautiful, but the song only reflects Elsa's mindset at this particular moment in the story. This song is not what Frozen is about. The song does not reflect, reflect the ideology of the movie. The, the movie does not say, hey, let it go is how you solve the problem of uncontrolled power. No, not even close. In fact, the rest of the movie undercuts the song because the song is too optimistic. The song says, if I get away from everyone, I can be free. Well, does that work in the movie? Is Elsa free? No, not at all because Elsa's unleashing of her uncontrolled powers has put the entire city of Arendelle into a deep freeze. Uncontrolled power is uncontrolled power wherever you run off to. Running does not solve the problem, not in this movie and not in real life. Some of us here, we've grown up in very dysfunctional families. We got away from them as fast as we could but then we find that we have brought the same dysfunctionalities with us and injected them into every situation we find ourselves. We repeat the same mistakes among our new friends and in our new families, and we keep making the same mistakes because running away does not solve the human problem. Because the human problem doesn't have a human solution. It requires a God solution. So if hiding doesn't work and let it go doesn't work, how do you solve a problem like Elsa? Now, if Elsa is the problem in this story, the hero of the story is Anna. I know Elsa is way more popular, but I'm definitely on team Anna. Now, I know Anna doesn't have Elsa's power, but she does have power of a different sort. After Elsa runs off, Anna leaves Hans in charge of Arendelle and goes chasing after Elsa. On the way there, she runs into Kristoff and friends. They help Anna get to Elsa's castle. And this is where Anna tries to talk Elsa into coming back to Arendelle. And I want you to pay careful attention to Anna. Listen to what she has to say. This is a duet where Anna is saying, I finally understand. There's no reason for us to be separated. We can do this together. Let's go back down together. I am here for you but Elsa refuses. She has been traumatized by that moment where she blasted Anna's head, and so she wants to stay up here so that everybody can be safe. But Anna tells Elsa that nobody is safe. Arendelle is frozen. This throws Elsa into turmoil. She unleashes an icy blast that hits Anna in the chest. Anna gets up and insists that they can do this together, and Elsa asks the question, what power do you have to stop this winter, to stop me? First thing, let it go doesn't work. Running away doesn't work. Elsa realizes her mistake, and so she asks Anna the question of the movie. What power do you have to stop this winter to stop me? This question is the turning point of the movie. This is the question. Elsa recognizes it. She says, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. My power is broken. I can only freeze things. 
What power do you have? What power does Anna have? Well, if you've been paying attention to what Anna is talking about in the song, she is all about the relationship. And she says, we've been separated by the secret for so many years, now, but not anymore. For the first time, I finally get it. So now I will be right here, you and me. Let's do this together. It's about our relationship because there's power in this relationship. Well, what kind of power is that? What kind of power does Anna have? Well, we'll find out the kind of power Anna has at the very end of the movie. But before we get there, let me give you a very quick summary of the second half of the movie. Pay attention. We're going to go fast because a lot of things happen. First thing, Elsa creates an ice monster who tosses Kristoff and Anna out of the castle. Uh, but you saw that Anna was hit in the heart with an icy blast, so now she grows weak. Her heart is freezing. Kristoff, adopted by the trolls when he was a kid, brings Anna to the trolls, but Grandpappy tells them that he cannot heal her. A frozen heart cannot be healed except by an act of true love. The idea that comes to mind, it's a Disney movie after all, is that a true love's kiss will save Anna. So Kristoff takes Anna and rushes back to Arendelle for a true love's kiss with Hans. In the meantime, Hans leads an expedition to find Anna. Instead, they capture Elsa and bring her back to Arendelle and lock her in prison. Kristoff drops Anna off at Arendelle and he leaves. Anna, desperate to be saved, tells Hans he must kiss her right away, but... Here, Hans reveals that he doesn't love her at all. His plan was to marry her, kill Elsa later, and take over the throne. But now that Anna is dying, he locks Anna in a room so that she'll freeze to death, and then goes off to take control of Arendelle. And then four different things happen at the same time. One, Kristoff decides to come back to Arendelle because he realizes that he loves Anna. Two, Anna realizes that Kristoff is her true love, and so she manages to get outside to get the true love's kiss from Kristoff. Three, Hans takes over Arendelle and decides on death penalty for Elsa. And finally, four, Elsa uses her power to escape from prison. And now we get to the climatic scene. The paths of the four main characters converge on the frozen fjord. And this is where we find out exactly the kind of power Anna has. On the frozen fjord, Hans catches up with Elsa. He tells her that Anna is dead. She's the one who did it. Elsa collapses to the ice in despair. Anna stumbles on the fjord, and Kristoff and Anna locks eyes from a distance. Music swells as we anticipate Kristoff sprinting across the ice to give Anna the true love's kiss that would save her life. But as Kristoff begins to run, Anna hears the sound of a sword unsheathed. She turns to see Hans standing over Elsa. Anna makes the fateful choice. She moves away from Kristoff and stands between Hans and Elsa. As Hans is about to deliver the killing blow, Anna turns into ice and the sword shatters against her frozen hand. Elsa sees the frozen Anna and is inconsolable. But Anna thaws because an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. Elsa experiences Anna's love and realizes that if she uses her power from a place of love rather than fear, she can use her power for good. She restores Arendelle. People, for goodness sake, frozen ends with a resurrection. Are you seeing the gospel story here? This is huge. Okay, this is huge. But I don't have time to get into it because I want to focus on Anna's power. What is her power? Her power 
is self-sacrificial love. She willingly gives up her life and dies for her sister. Now, this act doesn't just save Elsa's life. It transforms Elsa. By experiencing Anna's self-sacrifice, Elsa is not only reconciled with Anna, but more than that, Elsa gains mastery over her powers so that she can use it for the good of her community. Sacrificial love is the power that saves. Sacrificial love is the power that reconciles. Sacrificial love is the power that transforms. Amazingly, this is what the story of Frozen actually teaches, which is absolutely astounding because with this movie, Disney undercuts their own message of what is true love. I think about it, right? Think about the Disney movies that begin with love at first sight. Think about the Disney movies that are, that are about the saving power of the true love's kiss. Well, in Frozen, love at first sight with Hans is a complete disaster, and true love is not a kiss, but giving your life to save your sister. Frozen challenges our cultural notion of true love, a notion Disney had a role in creating, and they replace it with the biblical understanding of true love. John chapter 15 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then Paul writes, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The story of the gospel is about the power of sacrificial love. For God so loved the world, God himself comes into the world to die on the cross for us in order to restore us to a right relationship with him, in order to join us to himself. And when within this loving relationship with God, our powers can be redeemed. Our powers can now be used for the good of the community, for his mission to restore the world. That's the gospel story. So what's our next step? Well, first, we need to recognize that we're all like Elsa. We are born with powers that we cannot control. We have dark impulses that look just below the surface, ready to burst out. And so we go through life, leaving a trail of broken relationships, hurting others and being hurt in return. And so we constantly hide, tempted to run or have already run. Maybe Madison is where you have run too. If, if you resonate with any of this, and if you have not yet put your faith in Jesus, know this. Jesus loves you so much that he has already died for you to break the wall between you and God. And if you decide to trust Jesus, you will experience Jesus' sacrificial love and you will be restored to right relationship with him. And within the embrace of God's love, you will see your life transformed. Your powers bring wholeness and healing to the people around you. If that's what you would like to experience, come talk to one of the pastors at your site or venue. They will help answer questions you have and help you take the next step. Second, for those of us who are already Christ followers, we are not only like Elsa, people who want to see our powers redeemed, but we're called to be Anna. As Jesus died for us and gave his life as a sacrifice, we're called to do the same. We're called to love expressed through self-sacrifice, because in doing so, we reveal God's love to the world. True love 
is self-sacrifice that redeems and transforms uncontrolled power. That is the story of Frozen, and that is the story of the gospel. Let me pray for us. Father, we confess we live in a world of uncontrolled power. We have such powers that you've given us, but we use it in such horrific ways. We use it for selfish ways. We use it in ways that hurt other people, that promote ourselves. And, and, and we're, we're, we're ruled by these fears and these anxieties and, and these jealousies, and, and we don't know what to do. We have powers that are uncontrolled. So we're grateful. We're thankful that you, Father, you sent your son Jesus to come to die for us not only to save us, but to restore us into a relationship with you. Thank you that we live within the embrace of your love. And in so doing, you can now help us transform our powers. We can now use our powers for good, to love others, to serve others, and for the mission of your kingdom. Thank you. And thank you for the story of Frozen, for telling that story in our culture. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.